Sorry, we're on Unsolved Truths. With Lux. Oh, this is Wayne joining for the first time. Addy. <laughs> so we, were, we started off, I think, talking about Scarlett Johansson, right? And we were saying that uh, she's getting 20 million, and you, I think we, we had a little bit earlier discussion, you were saying Yeah, that. we were debating if she's in, you know, if we sympathize with, you know, her, her case for suing Disney or not. And, and my position was that I do sympathize because, you know, she was promised, a, you know, one of the few female um, actors out there who pro promised a percentage on a major blockbuster film. The film's been delayed multiple, multiple times. Uh, because they wanted to release it in theaters and not release it to Disney Plus, and then they ended up doing that anyway. Be a devil's advocate than this group here. Is twenty million a lot for a number one female actor for a franchise? Um, I, I don't know. I, I imagine some of the highest paid I think women it would, be, on would be like Jennifer Lawrence. In this, uh, yeah. in this day and age, no. Yeah. But most deals are now off the back of Robert Downey Jr. and what he did with the Marvel Cinematic Universe structuring his deal with a heavy back end and then getting his colleagues onto that when they were on you know, Marvel were notorious for having really poor financial deals. I think it's starting to become the norm because studios accept the fact that actually we can have a small budget, smaller budget going in at 20 million. Mm. And if, if the film bombs, they're the ones not losing out by having sh like shelled out 35 to 50. So, so do you guys then think it's it's justified about being how big the franchise is? So if, if for example, Scarlett Johansson turns around and then, I don't know, does some indie movie or something like that, but still demands a salary of, let's say, 20 million. Well, would she, you guys... she, I don't think she would do that because that's not the nature of an indie film. So I don't think she would have demanded that salary when she was in Marriage Story, for, for example. She's, she's done a few where uh, her salary is quite high, but... I, I, I wouldn't. It, uh, think, no, yeah, I, I wouldn't yeah. say it's undeserved. Yeah, she's been she's been a fantastic actress over yeah. the last. And you know the Disney decade? the Disney Marvel okay. Cinematic Universe. She's been she's been one of the you know one of the earliest joiners. She her first appearance was in Iron Man two. She acted in many many films for them. Has been a great mm -hmm. servant for them. Um, and you know, Avengers Endgame is the highest grossing film of all time. Mm -hmm. They have they have the money. Um, and I'm not saying you know you should just give her this obscene amount of money. Um, you know, out of like loyalty, but in most in most jobs in the world, right? Like, you have to. You should reward loyalty. You should uh, be true to your word, right? And it's, the reports are that Kevin Feige with, yeah. is fuming. Yeah. Uh, he's he's not happy himself about how the company yeah. has decided to treat um treat her because yeah. because he knows you know promises and assurances yeah. are made. I think it sets a bad yeah. precedent. Uh, I think I think we're missing so. the main point though. Contractually, it was supposed to be a cinema release. Sure, absolutely, yeah. and. Disney have gone in the face of that contract. So either there is something in there that allowed them to do so, or there's something else in their back pocket which they can draw out. Disney aren't stupid, right? It was delayed and delayed and delayed for that very reason to be a cinematic release. Yeah. We know that these cinema delays, they're actually racking up debt on those films so they borrow the money. Maybe not Disney, but there is some sort of something racking up on that. They need to release it. Obviously, Marvel Cinema Cinematic Universe has a very strict schedule which they need to stick by. All these things play into play into it. Um, but yeah, the main point is it's in a legal written document. Mm -hmm. So it would be interesting to see why and what Disney's reason behind going in the face of that is. And I guess a question, a question for you guys outside of the the, the monetary dispute. What is your kind of thoughts on? 
the, this dual release strategy, which is you know releasing in the cinemas and on a streaming service at the same time. I think you know it, broke, it was really big in the news uh, a few months ago that for this year, uh, Warner Brothers decided that all of their movies coming out, so big ones, you got June, you got um, you had this, you had uh, the the Snyder Cut, you had um, you got Matrix Four. They've decided to release all of them. Um, like there's it, a fourth matrix yeah they're, they're making a fourth matrix yeah. uh, Keanu Reeves returning but they, they they decided they you know they came out early and they said we're going to release everything on you know HBO Warner Max the streaming service and the cinema at the same time which is obviously a big part of the, the Scarlett Johansson uh, dispute well let me let me rephrase the question to a different format I mean we all know that that movies take an enormous amount of work and I think uh, hands to get anything a project started like an average movie takes like what between two to four years of filming and editing and promoting and everything until you have a finished package, yeah, right? Especially a blockbuster. Especially a blockbuster. So the question then becomes, if you have a film that's, let's say, a revenue of 500 million, half a billion, let's say that, yeah. What? Wh how would you divide that? What would you say, okay, well, actors should get X, uh, directors should get X, producers should get X. How would you guys, where would you guys format? Who do you think should get the biggest chunk? Is it the support staff, the, all the editing? All the all the animation, all the uh, CGI. What do you guys think? Well, you know, without the actors, without the actor, and people are charismatic, and that's how they get these roles. Actors are the most important things in in films. Like okay. like ha hands down. Like any you speak to any great director, they're, 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 what's the most important thing is yeah. is actors, right? Yeah. Like that they make it three dimensional. Mm -hmm. um, in terms of the monetary thing, so if I give you an example, in in the DVD era before streaming, mm. say if you had you made a film for it cost you fifty million. Uh, 25 million dollars right or 25 million dollars then you need to put in that much again another 25 for like marketing mm. um so 50 million dollars um and then you know you've got to pay salaries and stuff out of you know out of um you know what's, your, remaining. Your, what's remaining and then you put so you put it in the you put it in the cinema right this thing has cost you 50 million dollars but when it shows in cinemas you don't keep all of the ticket money a lot of that goes to goes to the cinema itself so you need to gross a hundred million just to make back that that 50 million outlay for you to break even before you're even in profit now in the old days when you had dvds you then had a second wind after it was in theaters where it would, there'd be a dvd release and you know you could you'd have a lot of sales of that parts of the caribbean is a famous one had like some of the highest dvd sales like and so you almost it's almost like releasing the movie again you get a second wind and that that enables you if you don't quite make your you know your your cost back in in this theatrical run you make it back into the dvds now with streaming services you're getting rid of that dvd revenue so now you're putting pressure yeah, on films going, to make yeah. make all of the money just in the theatrical run the right but, and then when you do release you, you're you're not even giving them that chance but I, I disagree with you because i think especially on streaming instead of having an income where they say like okay this person's gonna buy the dvd or vhs or what that's a one-time buy maybe a two-time buy if they really love it and want to gift it to somebody but realistically it's a one-time buy right yep on a streaming service however like looking at the office like looking at certain marvel films most people probably in this room have seen them uh, like the same marvel film maybe three or four times right and that's three or four times income that would have gotten per stream because they get paid every time that movie streams do they though i don't think they do they get no, paid. Absolutely. Absolutely. the streaming platform purchased the rights to that movie for a certain period of time the amount of people then the idea is that that then attracts new people to join that streaming platform true which I, is I, why they got to keep on pumping out content and stuff like that true they don't get paid it's not like music where you get a royalty per every per time watch. it's played yeah, yeah. on a, like a radio station or whatever exactly you the streaming platform purchased the rights for that 
period of time. And that's why it bounces between streaming platforms all the time or why, you know, Disney had to, Disney waited for so long before they launched their platform because they wanted the rights from certain and, movies and, to and come back to And it's why Spider-Man is still not on, it's not on Disney Plus because their rights are owned by, by Sony. But just back to your point earlier on, I guess there's a couple of points there. There used to be a famous statement. A sequel could potentially be decided by the DVD sales. That was huge. And sometimes movies fail on that. But like just back to that Christopher Nolan point, obviously he's a big proponent of cinema. Like Tenant was the movie to really test out the waters during that first easement of restrictions. Obviously it didn't do as well as it would have pre-pandemic, like a uh, like a Nolan movie would do, but Nolan put his money where his mouth is because he's got possibly the biggest back-end deal in cinema. The guy yeah. can write his own ticket. But it's an important point to note is like, I used to go to cinema quite a lot, but the way t- uh, ticket prices are now at the moment and things like that, for me, I will only go to the cinema to watch a certain cinematic movie. So me and my brother, for example, Lux, we've got like this standing thing where like when James Bond comes out, we will go together to watch James Bond. Yeah. When a Mission Impossible com- movie comes out, we will go because the spectacle needs to be seen on the cinema. And that also goes for a Nolan movie. And we went and saw it. I mean, my most anticipated film this year is Dune. It's going to be streamed on streaming service immediately. That film needs to be seen on a big screen. The director said so, he's worked hard. And I'm a big lover of cinema. So I, I, you're robbing, you're robbing people of the, you know, the vision of the director, right? No, the theatrical it's a experience. Weird one because Villeneuve, obviously, fantastic director, but um... I was just pointing at your microphone to move okay. closer to your face. That's so, all. Yeah, Villeneuve specifically is when you see it with other people who claim to love movies, they don't really love Villeneuve films. That was the most emotional yeah. thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> but is that because the modern moviegoer? is now used to a certain type of film. It's very... I think you're absolutely it's right. like yes. before, you know, the last thing I could ever can, like relate to this would be, I guess, back in the day would be like a Western movie, right? There was a dominance of Western, yeah. but comic books, superhero movies are very dominated in a way to the point where an original movie, they're not going to be making the same money and now a comic book movie and how much they earn is the parameter. I mean, a new IP won't generate exactly, and and yeah, and exactly, and so because of the streaming model, I feel like I feel like you're you're stifling some of those great independent, great like great sort of new IPs, new ideas. Like we we want a new Star Wars. There was a time where Star Wars wasn't a thing. A new Jurassic Park, a new like original like the the Spielberg films, ET and stuff. Like those films would not get greenlit now because. It, you need to make so much money in your theatrical run, it's too much of a risk, because every time you make a movie, it's a gamble, the, and therefore we're not gonna get original films anymore. What was the last great blockbuster you saw that wasn't based on um, on an existing IP or wasn't a sequel? Nolan's Inception. Mummy? Based on, that's based, based on a on 1930s that, yeah. movie. Which has been remade, that's the yeah, second yeah. remake of it. True. I last one, true. I say Inception is the last one. Um, Ready they, Player One? Uh, Based on a book. Based on a book, yeah. Nine, and and also that that the actual the actual like plot of that film oh, right. is it, you it mean brand all, new IP all, meaning right. it had no connection. It doesn't. It didn't exist. Complete, completely original. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, question. Uh, book, in, it's so fun. Imagine going. Fun. Imagine going to the cinema in 19, 1977 and like seeing the word Star Wars the first time. It didn't exist. Like now you that you a George Lucas wouldn't get that kind of chance because you have to make it's too much of a gamble you have to make too much money George Lucas didn't get even greenlit the Star Wars originally it was originally meant to be a TV show 
He got he got lucky with um what's it called uh, American he, graffiti yeah graffiti that's it. Um, Nolan Christopher Nolan is his own IP. He's got carte blanche with Warner Brothers. Same as I would say Quentin Tarantino as well. Tarantino, but Tarantino is a small scale, it's right? A genre, yes. His his budget is so little. Yeah. There's a it's not even a They're not people people work for him for peanuts because they know they're going to get an Oscar nomination, like whatever. But if you think about like what he said. Imagine going back, like you're seeing Star Wars for the first time, brand new IP. You're going to see Terminator, Jurassic Park, ET. Where's our? We've not had that for, in in the in the two thousands. Matrix, it's because Matrix, oh, very Matrix One with ninety nine. That was a new thing. I mean, arguably, uh, Stanley Kubrick was a fantastic director when it comes from cost Tomorrow savings night. perspective. Tomorrow that's not the same. But yeah, he was same. also, I think, I, I, I might be speaking out of my ass at the moment, but I think he 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 was quite. It's still true he kept quite a tight budget on his films. Yeah, he was also fucking that. mental. Um, I think like it's very difficult to be truly original now because tomorrow, there's so many ideas out there. But but there, you know, there is something there. Like you know, Christopher Nolan's still doing it with what he's doing and pushing the boundaries of um, not only from like a storytelling point of view, but from a cinematic point of view. I mean, we keep on harking back to him, but he's like the only real blockbuster original yeah. and I'm talking, director. I'm them. talking, quite, to be clear, I'm talking sort of more specifically about the big budget blockbusters because, yeah, if you want original and, you know, something more original, yeah, you have to go, you have to go the low, the lower budget, the indie, the more indie route, something, yeah, that's not, you know, doesn't have the, you know, the crazy CGI costs of a, of a blockbuster, but, and that's great. You can, but I want original blockbusters. They like, I want us to have, you know, new Jurassic Park, like things that don't exist now and they've like become cultural phenomena. Just hasn't happened for a long time. Wasn't Jurassic Park based on a book though? It was based on a book, but there was never store. There was never CGI and storytelling used like that before. Like I still, I can still watch tomorrow, the original Jurassic Park, 1994, based on the Michael Crichton, Crichton book. But for some reason that, that scene when they drive and they see the brontosaurus or whatever dinosaur for the first time, it still gives me a shiver. But like it's a another example. Man, man, Terminator, TV like says it's one of the worst, worst experiences. He's got. Well, your mate needs shot. <laughs> Terminator is another one. Like how much we watched Terminator Two Judgment Day T2. when we were kids. Like one of T2. the T Two Terminator Two Judgment Day, hands down, one of the if not the top ten best top ten yeah. easily. Action movies, plot, action, everything, and perfect. One of the best sequels of all time. Well, uh, Adi, what do you think? Uh, is Terminator One better than Terminator Two? I think Terminator Two is better. You think you you like Terminator Two as well better? You think it's better, Terminator One or Two? I, I, I big budget difference. Terminator One, I would say, is, is more. It, it's not CGI I better. Call, I Terminator call Two. It a, a blockbuster. Terminator Two was like a full blown. No, they were was both, the most expensive film ever made at the time. Blockbusters in their own right. But how rare is it that you have two groundbreaking blocks? Obviously, there's like there's a massive time yeah. difference between they, the two. They've aged quite well. They T T two man is awesome. Like, it's it's a fucking sick film. Yeah. Well, people always complain saying like there's no strong women in in movie roles, and arguably the two strongest women that I can think of, and were also blockbusters, were Terminator One, Sarah Connor, Sarah Connor. Alien. She really kicks ass. Yeah, and Alien Ripley. James Cameron's well known for writing strong he, female characters. He, he he directed both Alien, he read Ripley and um, Sarah Connor. So Aliens, he was a sequel to Ripley you, Scott's Alien. You got it, yeah. 
weird. And controversially as well. You get what I mean? Joss Whedon as well is right strong female character. Joss Whedon's been terrible. He's a fucking pedo. No, no, dodgy character, but he's got a history of strong female characters in cinema. Yeah, you know, you know, Wonder, you know, Wonder in in Scarlet Witch in the Marvel films has become like a clearly a very key part of like what phase four is going to become he introduced her in avengers 2 which is not a good film before even that mate uh he had buffy the vampire slayer in the yeah. late 90s firefly. firefly dollhouse like he's got a long yeah. history he wanted he was in he had he was you know in talks to uh direct a, a batgirl film but james cameron all of his films all the female yeah. leads in there and he did it before it was a tick box yeah. exercise he did it before um, you know, it was like you had to have one. He did it because he just wanted to. You watch uh, Jim Cameron move, uh, movie, the most recent Terminator. He didn't direct that. He still. He the last film he directed. The it. last film he directed was uh, Avatar. Avatar, yeah. Been insisting on that for. A while. But yeah, Terminator, Terminator is one of the. And this is what I'm saying. If the newest Terminator film just felt like. Well, just uh, they just wanted to recreate Terminator. Also, also, the problem there's been a few crappy Terminators. The, you, have, you have the um, the one with Christian Bale, Salvation. So I actually, I actually liked the idea of what they were trying to do with Salvation. I just don't think they executed it well. No, and that was the one where Christian Bale went mental at the light guy, right? Yeah, they're losing. Um, they just keep but losing. I mean, you know what? The man's in the middle of his job, and someone's fucking about. We would do the same in our jobs. Maybe not publicly screw them, take them to rooms, screw them, but. I mean, that's that's a really Absolutely. hard question to ask because uh, it, an, it's not like an office environment on a f film set. They, you can't exactly like say, hey, you know, John, I need to speak to you in my exactly. cubicle, yeah. <laughs> right? I, 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 but I, I think, I don't know. I think it's, 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 I'm, listen, I'm, I'm, I'm a little bit, sympathetic towards like Christian Bell being like going mad. I don't think he, you know, he could have been a bit, could have handled it a little bit better, but acting is, actor. acting is weird. And it's like, you have to be vulnerable and you have to be like in the moment and stuff like that. And if, if someone like gets in the way of that, like it's really hard and to get into that headspace and it can, he's also a bit method as well. Lucky. So people you're, like, you're, you have to be like that whilst 50 people are around yeah. you doing X, yeah, Y, and Z. Yeah, hundred percent. And it, you have to, you know, the great actors, like they put themselves in a place where, you know, they're, they're an open wound and like, yeah, they can, they can be, you know, the emotions bubble to the surface, right? It's also like any intense production, you have sports teams that have moments like that. It's not any different. And it was handled in-house. And, and I think also Christian Bell, it must've become clear by that time, like he shouldn't have signed for that movie. He's probably like, this movie is dog shit. And he's probably like, just angry anyway. <laughs> well, at that point he... He, he's he one of the biggest of names. Somebody, yeah, he was the big one of the biggest names in yeah, Batman, right? Hollywood. Yeah. At that point. All right, and and just by the way, guys, in order to save future Michael headache, your lips should constantly be pointing at the microphone. Sorry. Otherwise, Sorry. It, I'm doing it right, aren't I? Yeah. No, because you're talking to your brother. <laughs> Three hundred quid you pay for these microphones. I thought they could pick up yeah, a little bit more. That's the whole point, right? It, 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 it's it's like meant to pick up what's in front of it. Show me how close I need to be. About a Coxworth. It's a weird way of putting it. <laughs> I just figured it'll it'll improve your perception on it. <laughs> um, what was I gonna say? 
come, someone come up with a topic. Are, are we, you don't need to edit the fuck out of that. The but in, within, within that, the there machinist. was a good conversation. But I feel like me and Wayne have dominated the things. You two talk. Uh, go with the machinist. He, we are movie aficionados. No, he, 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 Sorry, no, he, he, no, how this many films have you guys directed again? This guy knows his Euro trip. No, no, we like our movies. We know that we know them quite well, like from a historical point of view, what they mean, what they're trying to get. I wouldn't at. call us like cinephiles, but we do love cinephiles. we do love films. What we know about the films that we like. We, we, we grew up with we grew up like our dad let us watch like The Godfather, One for the Cuckoo's Nest. We were exposed to like great film, great acting from like a young age and, and that's why like I think it's like followed three with us, right? I think arguably it should be the opposite. I think you should ex be exposed to terrible films while growing up. So when you then Eurotrip. see like something <laughs> amazing, you're kind of blown away. But I'm talking about really bad, like like French noir films. Like <laughs> that's not even like sequenced correctly. But films are films are subjective, man. If you like a film, you like a film. Like I I, I claim to, I claim to be you know a bit of a film fanatic, but at the same time I'm not I'm not it's. You know, it's not my job, so I don't. I do it for pleasure. So it's, everyone says, you know, Citizen Kane is like one of the best films ever. I, I tried watching it for ten minutes. I was like, this is boring, and I'm not forcing. I don't, it's not like homework. I want to be entertained. Yeah, I'll watch films that are challenging, but I, I want to be. I want to be entertained. I'm not gonna. I don't want to watch things just because you know people say it's good, right? Like exactly. you should it's be enjoying. When people watch Eurotrip. Yeah. <laughs> you like That's staying good. Can we take a pause? Yeah, sure, sure. Oh, oh, sure. Yeah, go for it.